It may sound a little utopian, but I truly believe that when we are courageous enough to be our true selves, then that just raises the energy and the vibration in the world. And it inspires another person. And then another person gets inspired. And it's just this beautiful, quiet wave that slowly starts to pick up movement and steam. And, and I feel like there's so much negativity and so much stress and anxiety in this world that what's the point? Have that moxie and, you know, be brave and courageous and don't settle. Hey, Lead Hers, welcome to the Lead Her Lessons podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gabriel. I'm a mom, an entrepreneur, and a true lover of learning. And each week, I want to bring you along as I sit down with women from all walks of life. We'll discuss business, personal growth, health, family, and everything in between. So whether you're already a badass businesswoman, or maybe you're a mom on a mission, listen up. It's time for a lesson. Hey guys, I am so excited for today's episode. I sat down and had a conversation with Shelly Brockman of The Moxie Project, and we had a very in-depth and long conversation. So in an attempt to make sure that we can get the most out of our conversation, I went ahead and split it into two parts. So today in part one, you're going to hear Shelly and I talk about what she refers to as her former life in the financial industry and what going through two dramatic economic downturns in six years was like and how it was a catalyst for the Moxie Project. We talk about getting to the root of your fear and determining your why and the research that Shelly did to determine what really makes the happiest and most successful people. So here it is, guys, my interview with Shelly Brockman. All right, everyone. It's another episode of the Lead Her Lessons podcast. I am sitting down today with Shelly Brockman. She is the creator and founder of the Moxie Project, and um, I was introduced to Shelly through Wendy Pruitt, who is in episode four. And when I sat down with Wendy, she must have mentioned your name, I don't know, seven, eight times. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta meet this Shelly person. She sounds incredible. So then I went onto your website and I was like, oh my gosh, now I really need to meet Shelly. So thank you so much, Shelly, for sitting down with me today. Thank you, Samantha. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, Before we kind of get into everything, I would love to hear a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up and, you know, everyone's kind of got a backstory and how your childhood kind of influences your trajectory as an adult. So give us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Yeah, so I um, was born in Alabama, but when my dad um, got transferred to Atlanta, I was five, and so I pretty much consider Atlanta being my home Mm -hmm. or growing up in Georgia. So I grew up in Gwinnett County. Okay. Went to um, elementary, middle, and high school in Gwinnett, and then um, I did undergraduate at Georgia State, so I've pretty much kind of stayed in around the city. Mm -hmm. Um, But growing up, you know, I have two older siblings that are 10 and 11 years older than I am. Oh, wow. pretty much consider myself an only child because they were graduating from high school when I was eight years right. old, seven, eight years old. 
So they were off onto their lives. So it was just myself and, and my parents. And they always said I was a young child going on 30. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to be part of the adult conversations. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my friends used to make fun of me because I would use big words. And, and um, yeah, so I, I was a force to be reckoned with during a Monopoly game. It was just... Um, don't get in Shelly's way. Yeah, it was, I was, I was a little girl on a mission and I think that's kind of carried me through, um, undergraduate, graduate and, you know, to where I am today, I've always known exactly what I wanted to do. And I'll never forget, um, my dad and I having the conversation about what I wanted to do as I was getting into high school and thinking about college prep and, Mm -hmm. and all of the activities that I needed to do in order to be able to get into a good school. And the idea of finance came up, and I've always been good with numbers. I've always loved math and have excelled in that area. And, and I'm, my, my favorite quote that I like to say about myself is that I am just as happy with a pencil and a calculator as I am with a great pair of shoes. I'm an interesting blend, mm-hmm. um, somewhat of a nerd in that regard. But that's when I got introduced to business and to finance. And so that's what I did. I had actually always dreamed of working on Wall Street. Mm. Um, when I left college, that was kind of my goal. I wanted to move to New York and um, be on Wall Street and work on Wall Street and have that kind of career. But um, I met my husband in college, mm-hmm. and we got married and stayed here. Yep. So I ended up at a small investment firm here in Atlanta and worked there for quite some time. And that was... Um, such an incredible experience for me because I really learned how to dig into what makes people tick, Mm -hmm. what gets them motivated, how people learn differently, not just from a gender perspective, but an age perspective, as well as a personality. So there's all of these facets of who we are as a person Mm -hmm. that make up how we engage in a workplace, how we engage with our friends, how we engage with our families. Um, and what makes us scared right? and the things that give us the courage to, to move beyond being scared. So it was grad school that really got me interested in that human component, which plays a huge role in what I do now in helping women start and grow their businesses because it very much is a psychological mindset that you must begin with first. But yeah, I always like to say that the financial services industry, the investment industry is more of a people business than it is a money business because individuals are trusting you with their life savings Mm -hmm. and they've got to get to that decision place of, I know you, I like you, I trust you. And it's an incredible responsibility to be handed that, to say, here's my, here's everything that I've worked for my entire career. I need your help to make it grow. Right. And we've seen very clearly in the past how people have taken advantage of that. So where were you in your career when all (laughs) the Wall Street stuff went down? So I started in the investment industry in 2002, right at the height of the first market crash. Okay. So I was coming into it at a very, very challenging time. But the saving grace for many people was that home values were still going up. Mm-hmm. So people were using their homes as ATMs, essentially, even though their <clears throat> excuse me, their 
portfolio values were declining, they still had equity in their homes. Right. So then fast forward to 2007, and the real estate market gets hit along with the stock market. So in my first six years of my career, I experienced two really dramatic declines in the economy. Mm. And to watch, granted, we were, we were doing the best that we could with the information that you had. You can't predict what's going to happen when you're managing a portfolio. And so we did a decent job of protecting our clients to the downside, but they still lost money. Right. And that was kind of where my epiphany for the Moxie Project happened, was watching all of this and being, you know, in the trenches as all of this was unfolding and asking myself, I wonder if these people were truly happy as they were really building this wealth, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm their 401ks, their retirement accounts, in their careers, were they really happy doing it? Or were they doing it just so that they could retire? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where it all sparked in in watching this unfold. And these people hadn't, it was through no fault of their own. They had done everything right. Right. They got a good job. They saved. They saved for retirement. And through no fault of their own, it was ripped away from It was ripped them. away, not once, but twice. Right. In a span of about six or seven years. Right. And then to think if they weren't really happy doing it, but it was what they thought they should do, and then looking back, and not only do they do not have the, the money to see from it, but then that they've, I don't know if wasted is the right word, but, you know, squandered some years where they could have been doing something that they really enjoyed. Yeah. So getting into... The Moxie Project. So I really, I want to quote for the listeners um, something that just really stood out for me from your website. And you guys got to go check out the website because you're writing on there. It's just so clear and so it creates such a perfect picture in your mind when you read it. But this stood out to me. Uh, Shelly writes, as adults, the perception of our behaviors dictates a worn path, college, job, family, retirement. And somehow along the way, we settled for safe. The Moxie Project is about releasing that childhood ambition, purging the status quo, and creating your own path. I love that. Thank you. That is just so, um, it just cuts right through. It's like, that's really, especially I think in an American culture, we go to school. Then what's next? It's college. Okay, then you settle down, get a job, find a family do the thing, retire, and then you can live your life and be happy and have fun, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So before we get into the mission and how it all came to be, I'd love to hear from you because the word moxie is such a great word, but you don't hear it that much anymore. So how do you define moxie as it pertains to the moxie project? So to me, moxie, um, and I have no idea where I heard it. Like it, it, I could not tell you where the term originated for me, but when I thought of the word moxie, I thought of women like Amelia Earhart and the poster of Rosie the Riveter Mm -hmm. and these women who challenged what society said that they should be. Mm -hmm. 
and did so with gumption and did so with determination. And, you know, granted, Rosie the River was an ideal sure. of what was going on during World War II and the role that women had to play as, as our, our men were on the battlefields, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where Moxie came from, is that it, it's that, that intense desire to do more, to be more, to really bring out who you truly are as a person and not be ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. We're all quirky. We all have our idiosyncrasies, but we're all brilliant. And it may sound a little utopian, but I truly believe that when we are courageous enough to be our true selves, then that just raises the energy and the vibration in the world. And it inspires another person. And then another person gets inspired. And it's just this beautiful, quiet wave that slowly starts to pick up movement and steam. And and I feel like there's so much negativity and so much stress and anxiety in this world that what's the point? Have that moxie and, you know, be brave and courageous and don't settle. Yes. Life is too short to settle. Absolutely. And I love, I just love everything that you just said because it's all so true. Um, so you, the idea kind of came to you as you were working in the financial services industry. So how did you um, kind of flesh out what the Moxie Project would be? And talk to us about exactly, you know, what is the Moxie Project? What's the sure. mission? So the really dry description of the Moxie Project is a women's small business and entrepreneurship training initiative. Mm-hmm. And really the Moxie Project is... I, I, I was very purposeful in not naming it after myself. I think a lot of coaches and consultants, and, and it's not to knock anything, you know, anyone who, who goes that route, but to me, it's, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about each person's own little project. You know, it's about each of my clients' visions and desires and their talents. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving them the tools to be able to organize the ideas and set a clear path for themselves, right. something that makes sense for them, for their own lives. Because success is truly a unique definition for each person. So true. And so that's really what the Moxie Project is about. It's about a resource that connects to women with skills and ideas and talents to help them really bring that to reality, to give them the courage and the confidence and the wisdom to really to go really after do it. Yeah. Absolutely. To do it. That's the hardest part. I think everyone has some sort of idea of something that they would potentially like to create or a, a, or an idea of a life in their mind. Even if it's not even a business idea or a creation, it's what do you envision your ideal life to look like? So Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also says there are two creations. The first is in the mind, and then the second is in reality. In order to bring the reality into life, if you will, you have to be very clear in your mind as to what you want. And so to answer your question about how did I flesh it out, 
the everything that I learned in grad school from the organizational behavior and the whole business psychology was really the foundational work. I got introduced to an author, Malcolm Gladwell, mm -hmm. and he came out with his book called The Tipping Point. And it was so brilliant, the concept of that one small change can create a huge impact. And so that lesson is really important for women in business and, and women in general in that anytime you're wanting to make a change, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be this huge dynamic shift in your life, but it can be the smallest change that will eventually have that big impact on your life the way that you want it to. And so I started talking to a lot of individuals that had achieved success in their lives. Mm -hmm. And really digging into, were they happy? What was their route there? Um, did they have doubts along the way? So what was that journey? So very similar to what you're doing with this podcast and talking to these amazing women who have forged their own pathway. That's kind of what I did in the very beginning. And I just, I'm... Like I said, I'm a numbers person. I'm an analytic. I'm a data gatherer. Mm -hmm. So I, I took all of this as data, and I started to see this trend emerge in the information that I was researching and in and, and all the interviews that I, I had conducted. And that trend was that the most successful, happy women were ones that had confidence in themselves and their skills. And even when they didn't, they still pushed through the fears mm -hmm. that they had a clear plan. They knew exactly what they wanted and there was consistent action that they were taking in pursuit of that big vision. And so that's really the pathway to business ownership that I found. Some do it naturally mm -hmm. and Others, a lot of other women just struggle with that first decision of I'm going to do it mm -hmm. because they hem and they haul and they go back and forth and they doubt themselves and they worry about what other people will think. And, you know, it, it's, it's a huge mind game in the very beginning. But if you can get over that hurdle, everything else is um, can be figured out. What advice and what tips do you give to them to kind of push through that? Yeah. So I have an exercise that I created called having the two-year-old's conversation with yourself. Okay. And for any moms out there, any parents out there, you know that at the age of two, as the kids start to get their own voice and word development, it's a barrage of questions. Why? 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 Well, what's that? Why? And so I thought this is very appropriate for when you have these fears come up, to really ask yourself, why? Mm. Why are you afraid? So what does that mean? You know, ultimately getting them to the worst case scenario, and this is another part of my studies that I've brought, or the research that I brought to the process through Dale Carnegie. Okay. Um, and his work of, you know, how to worry less and live more kind of thing. Sure. So the idea here is that you want to just get at the root of the fear. And imagine yourself being there in the worst case scenario. And for most women, it's one of three fears or a combination of all three. Fear of failure, fear of success, or just fear of the unknown. And 
with the fear of failure, the most common is, well, what if I don't make any money? I mean, that's ultimately, that's why you go into business. Yeah. If you don't make money, you you don't have a business. You just have an expensive hobby, right? Yeah. That's the saying. <laughs> so that's why I always do approach it with, okay, well, what's the financial angle? What's the money angle here? Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so let's say you don't make any money. What What's your plan B? And then kind of talk them through some of these fears so that way, okay, these fears are real. Here's where they're rooted, but here is my plan of action for if on the slim chance some of these fears come become real. You know, ultimately it boils down to for at least most of my clients of, all right, well, let's say you don't make any money. Right. Are you going to be on the street? Well, no, I'll go and get a job or if I need to, I can live with my parents or I've got friends that, that would help me out, you know, so Every chance that you take, every risk that you take, you have to weigh out the reward. Mm-hmm. And starting a business is a calculated risk. But if you've planned for it, and if you understand the risk and you know what your plan B is, where's the problem? Right. You know, where is the fear? It's not going to disappear. And that's why I say it's not about conquering the fears. It's about living with them and moving through them. Yes. So that's my biggest advice to anyone who's stuck in fear is to really ask yourself, one, where is it coming from? Why do you feel that way? So what will happen if it happens? And how can you prevent it? How does really fleshing out and determining your why help you to move through those fears? Why is that so important? It's your guiding light. Mm -hmm. It's your beacon. It's when times get rough, you look to that vision and know that there's something amazing and beautiful there. And, you know, for me, it was my family. That's my why. Mm -hmm. I mean, my daughter was seven weeks old and I was on a plane to Houston. I hurt physically. I was a mental basket case. I I held it. I held it together for my meetings, Mm -hmm. but I was the blubbering idiot in the um, airport watching as these little families would walk by and Mm -hmm. missing my daughter so much I could hardly breathe. And I knew right then and there I did not want this life anymore. And it took me almost two years. My goal was by the my daughter's second birthday to have launched my business and to begin the transition away from, from my prior life Mm -hmm. or my former identity, if you will, um, into this new one. And so when things get tough, you just think about why is it that I'm doing this on a personal level? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for your family? And on a, on a much greater scale, what does it mean for the people that can actually use what you have to offer? Mm Mm-hmm. Think about what they may may be missing out on and how what you have to offer will solve a problem that somebody else has. So that does it of part one of my interview with Shelly Brockman. I hope that you are feeling inspired and excited to hear more about what Shelly has to say in part two, we get a little more in depth about what the Moxie project actually is, the mission of the project, and what her process with her clients looks like to get them from idea to launch. 
So stay tuned next week for part two. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you would screenshot and post it to your social media. My goal, just like Shelly's, is to inspire women to reach their full potential. And the more people that know about the Lead Her Lessons podcast, the better. And if you've been listening from the very beginning, first of all, thank you. If you could go over to iTunes and write up a little review and rate the podcast, again, all these things help a small podcast like mine to get out there. So have a great day, guys, and I will catch you on the next one.